quick note before we start the show. Because of an update causing me to lose half of my almost completed episode and a family emergency, today's show will be divided into two parts, half today and the other half next week Friday. Thank you so much for your understanding, and I hope you enjoy part one of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. This is Down the Fandom Hole, a podcast about the creative side of fandom and its amazing queer community. Join our host, fanfic writer and queer bear extraordinaire, Ayaka Spencer, as she and fellow fan creators share their fandom stories, talk creativity, and discuss inclusive spaces. While you listen, visit patreon.com slash down the fandom hole and check out the free companion post for this episode. There, you'll find creative content from today's guests, recommendations and shout-outs to other fandom creators, as well as links to follow Aya and her guests. So, hop to it and check it out. Aloha and welcome to part one of my chat with Jess, a.k.a. Mysterious and Value. But before that, I want to thank Sessie Wrights for recording Down the Fandom Hole's awesome new introduction. If you'd like to hear more from Sessie, Check her out on Audio Frick Books on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and AO3. A huge thank you to all the mega cool listeners and supporters for tuning in. And thank you to the wonderful and incredibly talented guests who have said yes to sharing their fandom experiences with us. Each and every one of you make Down the Fandom Hole possible. I'm Ayaka Spencer, and I had an absolute blast chatting with Jess today. We talked about being part of both Audio Freckbooks and the Argo City Exchange, as well as, well, continue listening to find out. So take a moment to get settled into that favorite spot, lace up those sneakers, or pull up that current whip, and let's get this show started. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. All right, before we get this thing started, what are your pronouns? Uh, I have no preference, so any. Cool. To start this off, what got you into fandom? I think I got into fandom really early, probably about the time that I came out, which was a long, long time ago. So probably about like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with the show called South of Nowhere. I'm not sure if you're familiar. No, I've never heard of it. What's it about? Okay, so South of Nowhere is... A show about a young queer lesbian who is the main character. And there's obviously, it's a family and they have adopted, you know, brothers and sisters, things like that. But it's set in a high school setting, kind of like Degrassi, the next generation. If you are familiar with that. I have heard of that. I think I watched like one episode. Oh, it's great. (laughs) But okay. Yeah. So it just, um, obviously, when she starts, the show first starts with her being interested in this guy. And then she makes a friend. And that friend happens to be a girl who identifies as bisexual. And then things escalate from there. And then she realizes she's not as straight as she thought. And then starts exploring. But... It shows the bad side of, I don't want to say coming out because she doesn't come out mm-hmm. to her parents. She gets caught. Oh. 
So it just shows how bad it can be for young queer individuals. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why, you know, us older gays are like, hey, don't come out until, you know, it's going to be safe. Mm -hmm. You don't get kicked out or you don't get harmed in any kind of way. But yeah, it shows that. And, um, and yeah, it just goes from there. But it, it was a good show. It only lasted like two seasons, sadly. So did you write fan fiction for it or you just kind of like enjoyed it and then you went searching for fan fiction? Like, how did you get into that aspect of fandom? Yeah, so I did start writing. I started writing fan fiction before that. I'm not going to admit that first one because embarrassment. But <laughs> <laughs> the fandoms that I wrote in before South and Nowhere, I will probably won't even mention the ones that I have for South and Nowhere. Um, but yeah, I did a couple for South and Nowhere, but it's not a very big fandom. Uh-huh. So, and, and back in that time, I don't, I can't say for certain because I'm kind of relatively new to AO3. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure, like, the hottest thing around was fanfiction.net. Yeah, you can't even, so, like, I think I made a account on that. I cannot get rid of it. You, like, you're on it, and you're basically on it for life. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> there is, I think I have one pseudonym on there that I just cannot get rid of. And I'm just like, oh, it's just there. And I'm doing, like... I don't know how many pseudonyms I've had. <laughs> Probably like four or five. I was able to delete the other ones, but I cannot delete that one. And I will die the day one of you know my friends is like, "Hey, I was reading this the other day, and it sounds like you're writing." And I just be like, "Oh, cringe!" Because that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So hopefully that never resurfaces. Hopefully it's just like that's the end of that like nobody's gonna know it oh. it happened once upon a time um it was a stepping stone and uh, that's it <laughs> well you know you gotta start somewhere and sometimes it's places we rather forget we were there yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so you became part of the super corp fandom what kind of drew you to super corp Ooh. Well, as you know, as I've said, I don't really care for superheroes. So that was not a major draw. I actually was going to stay away from the whole fandom in general because I I kept seeing it pop up. I think, I don't even know what season it was. It was probably like season three where Katie McGraw comes in. And that's when the fandom just like lit up. And that was around the time that Alexa was really huge like they kissed on screen or something and it was just back and forth on tumblr for me like my whole dashboard was just covered with supercore stuff and Alexa, and i wasn't a part of either of those fandoms so i was just kind of like ah you know like i'm i'm good and i was gonna end up watching the 100 and then you know <laughs> what was it like not even a couple months later or a year later or something, they kill off Lexa. So I was like, mm-hmm. why even watch, you know? <laughs> it's like, what's, yeah, no, I'm not going to watch that. But Supercore, I just, it kind of looked like it was reaching a little bit. 
Uh And I was like, uh, and then I started looking a little bit more intently and I was like, you know, maybe there is something there, but then there was just like a lot of stuff going on between like the fans and the producers or whatever, them saying that Supercore wasn't ever going to happen or things like that. Or I don't know if it was the producers or the writers. That's when I was like, you know what, maybe I should watch. And then I was like, nah, I'll hold out. And then when we started, when I got on to Discord last year or the year before that in 2019, mm-hmm. or no, last year when COVID like hit like full force and we went into our homes and didn't leave kind of thing. I made friends with a lot of people on Discord through a one owner ERP server. And then it just kept creating little servers along the way. And then we talked about AFB and that's how I got into Supercore. Um, because people were reading Supercore fanfic. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot. And so I binged it in the span of like three or four months because it it, <laughs> it took a lot out of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite the roller coaster ride, wasn't it? Watching the show. You're like so many moments of anger and angst. At least that's what I felt. Yeah, no, I totally feel the same. Like, it was just, to be honest, probably like the first two seasons were good. The fourth season was good. I think that was Rain. Was when Rain came in. I think she yeah, came in in the third. Like right after. Was it third? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think Katie. Who was the fourth? I think Katie came in on the f- second. Oh. Rain was the third. And then the fourth and might have been a portion of the crisis. I think Crisis is five and four was that guy. Huh? Yeah. That guy, I can't remember his name. Oh, Liberty. Oh, God. That was, I think that was season four. Like the, oh my gosh, they drugged out that, that, that drug out for so long. I mean, kudos to them for like connecting the plot points, I guess, somewhat. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it was a good analogy for what's happening in real life. Mm-hmm. But, that lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. The the season where Rain comes in, which I think you're right, it is probably season three. That was probably like one of the best ones, in my opinion. Well, now you have Sam Arias, who doesn't realize she's a supervillain. And then she's a supervillain. And then Lena becomes questionable because she honors a friend's request to stay silent. And then Kara goes cuckoo over that. And you're like, I'm sorry, but... That's exactly what you ask all your friends to do. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so kettle, yeah. black, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of uh, portions where like Carl was like, I can't believe you would do this to me. But then I was like, hello, are, uh-huh. are you serious? Like, <laughs> what? how are you going to say that right now with you being, you know, whatever, uh-huh, uh-huh. I guess. But yeah, Um the show did not really suck me in, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, do you still watch it? <laughs> yeah, I do. But it's mostly just for Katie McGraw. Like, as soon as I started, like, getting into it, I was like, okay, wait, Katie. And it's not, I'm probably going to get, like, shit on for this, but, like, it's not like she's a great actress or anything. But it's just, like, it's Katie. Mm-hmm. Can I really say no? Because no. that accent be slipping, you know, yeah. <laughs> like not just a little bit, but kind yeah. of, yeah, a lot. But you Which, 
we all have accents sometimes when we talk. Like I, if I'm not careful, sometimes I'll sound like a person from the Southern States, especially if I'm around people who are from the Southern States. Oh, no. Like I have no issue with that. I mean, they had <laughs> insinuated that her mother is from Ireland, but I think they changed that now. Now Vancouver, mom's right? from Canada. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I could have swore somewhere along the line, they were like, yeah, her mom's from Ireland. But now she's from Canada. And I was like, what? <laughs> right. Why couldn't you just, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah. It does feel a little like baiting sometimes. Even I can't deny that. I'm like, yeah, this fuckers. Yeah, they really should have just let her be Irish and let it happen. Because there's nothing wrong with her accent. She has a good accent, I think. Mm-hmm. And it would have just been fine. They had already said, but I guess you know, they take it back. So she's not Irish anymore. <laughs> I would love to hear her act as an Irish person, like what she would sound like. Because she's always just been either American or English. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Where's where's a Irish Katie Wright? Because yeah. that's, that's a nice accent. I mean, you can hear her talking on Isles of Mercy, but you can't hear it yet until it comes out in the U.S. Unless you have friends who are over the sea, well, across the pond, he'll let you. I mean, you can hear her talking on Isles of Mercy, but you can't hear it yet until it comes out in the U.S. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what does fandom mean to you? I, well, fandom means a lot of things to me. Um, I think it's an outlet for creativity, um, representation that isn't usually seen, a great way to meet people due to mutual interests, as well as meeting other creators, which is cool, kind of like Argo City mm-hmm. exchange. I just think that, honestly, it's kind of just a cool place to be. And creating content is always fun, too, and just like brainstorming ideas. Because, I mean, when you really get into a show and nobody else will watch it with you, <laughs> which is happens sometimes. Like, sometimes you'll you'll gush about this show to a friend and they'll be like, yeah. And they're looking at you like, no, I'm not going to watch that. And uh-huh. But they're like, yes, yeah, I'm totally going to watch that. And then they don't. And you're like, well, I have nobody to talk to, you know, about uh-huh. this. But like you get into fandom, you start like talking to other people who are also in fandom and it just makes it a little bit more exciting. Yeah. The brainstorming aspect of fan fiction is one of the things I like best because then you can feed off of each other. Like um, I work with a beta, uh, Amelia Rowan, we get together and we talk and we brainstorm ideas and then I might bring up a prompt and then she might bring up a prompt. And then we'll create stories that are both similar and different based off of the same prompt. And we'll, we'll help each other and feed off of that, which is fun. You know, you get to augment stories together. Is that something that you found for yourself as well? Yeah, I mean, we do that a lot on the servers. Uh, there's quite a bit of us. But yeah, we'll usually just bounce ideas off each other or somebody will give a prompt and be like, hey, I want to see this come to life. and if people have the time, then they'll grab it and take it where they where they want. Um, is, I'm still trying to. What happened? Is that what happened with? Can I get a moment of your time? The one for Neko. 
that one was yeah basically kind of <laughs> pretty much okay so the the ones that I had written uh-huh. uh, for Supercore which is two right now and like several others as work in progress but <laughs> the first one <laughs> can I have a moment of your time that one was kind of like an idea brought upon by somebody else and I wrote probably the first half of it just sitting in a VC with a bunch of other people who were writing and we were just listening to music and you know shooting Mm -hmm. ideas off of each other um but we that's like one of the things we do so we'll usually sit in the VC play music and then we'll post like little snippets of like what we've written mm-hmm. and get like feedback and uh yeah it's really cool it's really cool so that's how that one started that sounds like lots of fun yeah is that on the audio fret books no that one is on a private uh private server but um I that is my plan eventually with audio fret books. It's but it's getting more authors there because audio fret books right now is a little bit dead because everybody's kind of in school right now. Mm-hmm. It should open up a little bit more once once there's like vacation time for people and we're not in school because that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a big thing is the time zone issue mm-hmm. because everybody's from everywhere. We have a lot of people from the US, but we have a lot of people from Europe and it's finding out when is a good time to do all those things. And so that everybody has the opportunity because I could just do it on my time, but I would think I'm probably out of all the servers that I've been in, mm-hmm. I want to say I am the only person on all the servers that I've been on, that's from California. Really? PST. Yeah. So everybody else is uh, CDT or EDT. And then obviously like European time. So like right now, I think the people in Europe are kind might be, it might be really early in the morning for them right now. I think it's yeah. like one one to two to three actually one to three because they're almost 12 hours ahead in certain places yeah because i know france is exactly 12. you haven't heard jesse reed yet huh no not yet she is on my list though yes okay so um jesse's kind of basically like one of the top readers that we have Uh one of the people that records i'll put it that way um super awesome girl um reads like a champ uh, when she does read, she does dry reads. Basically, <laughs> if she's recording something, mm-hmm. she prior, she just goes for it. And if she's reading it like with an audience on audio frick books, mm-hmm. um, it might be a little bit frustrating for people because she has to go back and correct everything. So if she messes up a word or doesn't say a word or has trouble reading a sentence because of the grammar or things like that, 
she's can you know she has to go back and go back and make sure that everything's all right i think it's kind of fun i usually write during the time that she's reading um Mm -hmm. she has a very pleasant voice very talented Mm -hmm. um she does voices a lot of them (laughs) she was supposed to read saturday but she said she it was on the fence it was like a 50 50 so I don't know the next time she's going to read because she's, she's a very busy lady, but hopefully soon. So can any of the uh, live read pingers like start one on their own without having to be on a schedule or how does that work? Because could I like start one if I'm like, oh, you know what? I want to practice talking. Could I just like, hey, I'm going to start reading a fan fiction at 2 p.m. soon or in an hour yeah okay so the whole idea behind it mm-hmm. is that it's meant to be like that like you know the the fan read schedule is for when jesse's going to be a little bit more available and she starts reading more often mm-hmm. because usually we read at a specific time which is what 12 cst or cdt right now but yeah i think that's six for me um yeah so that's nine for me and it's different for everybody (laughs) so um that's kind of that's where they did it like midday for them Mm -hmm. which i guess kind of works because mostly everybody can attend Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean anybody could ping at any time it doesn't matter okay like cool. go for it and right. obviously whoever shows up shows up mm-hmm. and it should be you know usually we all come yeah i mean get comfortable with it yeah I mean, that's what everybody else does you know yeah it's fun and it's nice to be able to talk afterwards or in between readers and i definitely need to work on the podcast voice mm-hmm. so do you have any rituals when you start when you start writing like do you get into a headspace what do you find inspires you that kind of stuff okay well usually usually it's just music and a couple beers (laughs) that's like and I'll sit there and I'll just drink and write for you know hours usually when I'm not in school Mm -hmm. I'll get home like 5 30 shower because you know dirt and grease not fun Mm-mm. eat and then obviously I don't drink every day like I don't want you to have that idea <laughs> but no judgment I didn't I didn't think that at all a couple beers some days usually on the weekends because obviously I have to get up super early in the morning and when when I do write I'm writing you know anywhere from like six to eight hours at a time really wow uh, yeah, because, I mean, you're just really trying to push it, no matter what you get out. Because sometimes, like, you're in the groove, and it's really moving, and then sometimes it's just really not. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's almost like it hurts you to even put out, like, three sentences. Oh, my God, so, yes. Ugh, so yeah. It, it, it truly is painful, so... Mm-hmm. I try to make the most of it, especially since I know that I'm going back to school in such a short amount of time. So I try to try out as much as I can. But 
other than that, I do use a bot on Discord called Sprinto. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I utilize is inspiration to write. And it's basically just like a, a bot where you can perform writing sprints and mm-hmm. you can adjust the time, the amount of time that you want to do the sprint for. And so you adjust the time. It'll ask you for your initial word count. So you put that in, it logs it down, and then the sprint begins. And then about like two to five minutes prior to the sprint ending, it'll ask for a final word count. And then you give the final word count and it'll have like a leaderboard because other people can join. So if other people are tied to the sprint robot, it'll notify them. Like it'll add them. Oh, so like and if they, you start one, they can decide if they want to join. Yeah, and you can join in the beginning, in the middle, at the end. It doesn't matter. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's like a little fun exercise because it's basically like working under pressure. You know, <laughs> you have a certain amount of time to get something done. So you're just trying to, you know, get what you can out of it. So it's it's a good thing to start with kind of like how artists start doing like little small sketches like mm-hmm. practice sketches before they do a big piece of work mm-hmm. that's what I kind of use it as that like initial work but it's the same work it's just if I you know if you don't like it you could just throw it away but it, at least it gets you writing it gets you going in some direction <laughs> that's true I use a I use a program called um sprints by Drabble or dabble dabble I, I don't remember but basically you it gives you a word count as you're moving it gives you a time and then you can also do groups but the sprintle one sounds a little bit more um in depth than the program that i use and it's just online well it's i don't even think it's that in depth because you're the one that has to like sub- submit the uh, initial and final word counts it just keeps track of it and keeps track of the timer okay so it's about the same then and yeah so like in addition to that i already told you i do a lot of writing with other writers as well Mm -hmm. and that's where we join a vc someone ends up playing music or we all add music as it goes and it gives us the ability to like help each other brainstorm or ask for like beta help things like that but just as any creative thing, it just happens differently every time. Depends on the mood, you know? I mean, that sounds cool. I would love to do something like that. But um, yeah, I, it's not that I don't have the time. I just haven't been able to find it. But when you are in the group, you just keep pushing through it? Or how do you find the the oomph to keep going? Because you, it sounds like you do the majority of your writing on the weekends when you have the biggest amount of time, but you don't you don't have like homework or anything or do you like how do you manage your time between writing and getting schoolwork done well I'm a classic procrastinator so what <laughs> happens is I end up probably writing the majority during the week and then you know all my assignments are due Sunday or Monday and so yeah my Sundays and my Mondays are are taken over by homework <laughs> But I do try to do things earlier. I've been doing it a little bit better this semester, but it's not, I mean, it's biology. So it's just, it's not that complicated right now. 
it's like if I was taking organic chemistry, then I'd be like, okay, you know what? I have to put the writing to the side and actually pay attention. But, uh, you know, like some things are just, it's like for math for me, like math is just like nothing to me. Like I can go without looking at the lectures and figure it out. It's, it's all right. That's good. And yeah, I can get away with it. Like I can get away with biology. Physics, I might have an issue with only because it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of word problems and decoding and figuring out the right formulas and things like that, which I'm not as great at. But if you give me a formula and you give me a problem, I can do it, no question about it. And I think that's kind of like biology, but also in the same sense, biology is just a lot of memorizing, which comes pretty easy to me. So I'm a little bit lax when it comes to homework. I mean, if you can get it done, you can get it done. It doesn't matter how you do it sometimes, right? Yeah, pretty much. As long as I get an A, I don't care. <laughs> we'll That's see. All that matters. End game yeah. there, right there. End game. Yeah, it's always the goal. <laughs> if I start, you know, straying too far from it, then you know that's when it's like okay we're back into the shape so while working what do you find inspires you the most like where do you where do you get your story ideas from is it like a prompt you'll find or maybe a piece of music or if you're out uh, at work do you ever get inspired there I feel like I get inspiration from everywhere it just Mm -hmm. happens sometimes like sometimes you'll be showering and then it's like bam you found out like you have been writing for weeks and then you're like, I've finally found like an avenue to take for this one scene. So yeah, it happens all the time. When I'm working, it's a little bit more difficult because I'll be thinking about it and I'm thinking, but I'm using my hands and kind of like paying attention, but not paying attention Mm because I'm in my head. And then my head, I just get too far into it. So then I like had to stop wipe my hands, take my gloves off, and then write it down. But then sometimes I get a little bit carried away with that. So I try not to think about writing when I'm at work because mm-hmm. then I'll just end up writing. Yeah, it's easy to get get lost in that. Yeah. Especially if you've had a problem on your mind for a while and you're like, I've been trying to figure out how to put that down on paper and now I know and I'm in the middle of work. Bravo. Yeah, pretty much. And there's that. And then there's just getting inspiration from fandom in general. I think that there's just so much to pull from them. And considering that some fandoms are so frustratingly written, uh, more often than not, that is enough to make anyone want to create any kind of canon divergent work. Yeah. Like for me, the more plot like the well-organized the show is the less likely I am to read fan fiction or l- write fan fiction for it. Like Supercorp's just Supergirl is just like a dumpster fire. There's just so much possibilities from it. But something like Korasami, there's possibility. It's just, I don't feel it. True. Yeah. And 
the funny thing is that like that's not the only thing but if you look at how popular certain fandoms are such as like Kalexa, swan queen and supercore mm-hmm. well like supercore obviously has queer baiting then you have um which i think it was happened the same thing as swan queen but i didn't wa- i ended up watching uh once upon a time but i know people that's a big fandom i mean mm-hmm. if we're talking about three fem slash um ships that turn out a lot of content those are three are pretty much at the top mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of content for those sh- for those ships mm-hmm. um but i think that that disappointment from these fandoms is why they're so popular and also why they turn out the most content in regards to just how the show is written and writing is difficult and finding inspiration can be Mm-hmm. But when you've grown with these characters and you see the plot holes, see the lack of character development and or like a loss of a main character, a beloved main character at that, mm-hmm. it can be enough to bring anyone, bring like something to the surface. Yeah, I think all of that, the bad writing, um, them killing off somebody, I know people were super just really mad um for the Klexa fandom. <laughs> yeah, I mean she just had sex and um, then they kill her via yeah, stray bullet it, by someone trying to protect her. Like of course. Yeah. It was uh I like I said I wasn't in the fandom, but just watching it unfold on Tumblr was <laughs> just like they everybody was so pissed. And I was like, oh wow. Like mm-hmm. and then it just exploded, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean that's basically the end of Klexa. She shows up what the last last episode of the mm-hmm. whole show or second to last episode and that's it. Mm-hmm. But people still love that show. I guess it was really good. Uh I mean Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean it's fun to write or read content for it. You know, I guess I uh, I did watch it and then I stopped and then I've only watched all the episodes where Alicia Debnan Carey has been on and then I haven't watched it again. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of dead for me. Otherwise, you know, that's, that's a what was what. Otherwise, I mean, it was a good ship when it was at its height and it it's still hanging on. There's still a lot of people who love Klexa. I think I still have a, an AO3 feed on my Tumblr, but right now Klexa's got my heart. Ah, Klexa, super court. Hello, super court. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a friend who was like super in love with the show wanted me to watch it. And so I watched, I don't even know, maybe like two and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where Klexa or Lexa shows up. They aren't even a thing. I haven't even gotten there yet. But I was just so overwhelmingly frustrated with the decisions that these people made and like just the how naive and it was just so much. And yeah, I'm so glad I'm not watching it. Like I've seen all the all the scenes, the Quexa scenes, so it's like I don't really need to see anything else. But yeah. yeah, I can't say during one point in, I don't even know how many episodes that I watched, an unfortunate amount, 
that one good thing happened without a bad thing following it. Like it was either a good thing happened and then right, like right, right after bad thing, or it was just bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. And I was like, what? Like, is there no, like, come on. I don't know. And then the fact that homegirl killed that one dude, like he was, I don't even remember his name, but they strapped him to like this pole. It was when Lexa was there because they killed her friend or lover or something. But he was strapped there and she was like in love. Clark was like in love with this dude. Uh Oh, yeah. They were going to watch him die. Like like, she was like, well, you killed one of mine. I'm going to kill one of yours. And she like killed him. And I was like, wow. If I was Lexa, I would have chopped her head off. Like, (laughs) why is she still standing there? But then Lexa was like, no, that's worse. Because he died by her own hand. And I was like, this is dumb. Come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever. I, there's a, I think the problem with it is that there's just too many characters on that show that I just do not like. And I feel like all the nice, good characters get like sh- just shit on. Like Raven with her leg raven's a badass and she's freaking awesome uh-huh. yeah she got cheated on because that guy's a freaking lame ass finn she's cheated on her with clark cool. so i mean yeah that's his name finn i was like how are you gonna cheat on raven with clark are you mm-hmm. for real right now yeah raven's way hotter than clark at least in my book way yeah way hotter and a freaking what, she's like an engineer of some sort yeah. pretty damn smart yeah that was ridiculous ridiculous i don't even and then oh they killed that one dude um he was like a family friend what was his name williams or something yeah last name williams his dad was like the head of the ship i don't know was it the one who was friends with clark's mom or was it clark's dad Mm, no wait what Okay, hold on. I have to go. I'm Googling now. <laughs> Thank God for Yeah, Google. okay. It's Wells. Um, okay, yes. Williams, Wells. I was close. <laughs> kind <laughs> of, not really. Um, yeah. Um, he didn't even last that long. Like, he was like, he had the most freaking common sense. Mm-hmm. And they killed him off within, like, literally no time. And it's not like he got, like, an honorable death. He was killed by a child. And then, like, like no repercussions. They covered her the kid. And I was like, what? Yeah, because she was this mad that her dad bad. got blown out of the yeah. thing because of something or another. And so she took it out on the son. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But then what's his name? The guy that Clark ends up with. Bellin- Bellamy. Yeah. That guy was like, oh, no, she's fine. I'll take care of her. And I was like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? How are you going to change the fact that someone's a murderer? (laughs) Let me, let me take you under my wing so you can kill other people. And then doesn't he become his own badass and crazy himself? He like, he loses his shit. Doesn't he? Who? Bellamy. Yeah. Bellamy. He like loses his shit. He, yeah. And like the beginning, he like gets super power hungry. And I was like, Oh, like Mm -hmm. the testosterone coming out of this man. 
But even like when Pike became in power, he he became he became mad with that stuff. Like he did some questionable things while Pike was in power. Yeah, I mean, I think it got to everybody's head. I think the only person that it didn't really get to, which I didn't even see coming, is Marcus. Is that what his name is? Maybe. Um, he had the beard. Yeah, I think we're talking about the same person. I think so. I think that's him. At least I hope. Yeah, so. okay. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about the same person. So, yes, that guy, at first, he comes off as like a jerk, and you think, okay, he's a villain. But then when they come to Earth, like, he actually, like, turns around. Like, I think it's probably because his mom died. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, he did. He just did, like, a 180. And then he was, like, a really cool guy. And then I think Jaha came back, and then Jaha was the asshole. And I was like, what is going on with this show? Like, why can't anybody just be decent? I do remember that Jaha's intentions were very good because that's when the whole City of Light came into being, right? It was when he came back is the whole, let me take your cares away and basically become a a, a figment in a giant supercomputer. And because I think that's how they were going to combat the destruction of the Earth that they had caused through their actions or something like that. Is that what that was? Everyone had that chip put on the them. Ship? Chip. Chip. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think I think you're way further ahead than I am. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I know the guys I had seen that. Because I part. that's why that's when I remember Jaha came back. Because otherwise Jaha was kind of lost for a bit. Yeah. I don't remember the chips. Yeah, I think they had chips. They had to like swallow something or I know that there were chips. I know that there's the flame, which is also the first chip. And then there's the um, extra chips, I think, because it made them go crazy because they had to be able to jack into the City of Light somehow. I forgot how, though. I don't even know what the City of Light is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have no idea. I don't even know what the... Oh, wait, there's buildings? Yeah. What? It's a, it's an entire um, virtual reality, basically. You get jacked into it. It takes away all your fears, your sadness. It's just basically utopia. It's oh, like is this what how they explain it. It's like what um, mm-hmm. Lena wanted to do with Non No Cherry. Okay, so this brings them to like present time, right? Or something that would be like relative to present time. Maybe. I actually, despite not watching the show, I did read quite a bit of um, Quacks of Fan Fiction. Mm-hmm. D- yeah, that's how it goes, you know, jumping fandom fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was like, <laughs> I was reading it and I have no idea what's going on, of course, but I'm like, I'm in it for the ride, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're they're starting at like when they first get to Earth where it's just like, they think it's uninhabited and all this stuff. And then it goes to a point where, like, it's, like, present, almost like present time, where, you know, urbanization and the earth isn't just, like, all trees and things like that. So I always got confused because I was like, where is this coming from? (laughs) (laughs) Are they traveling, like, worlds? Like, is it, like, just a crazy, really wild AU? I don't know. But, I mean, 
that makes sense <laughs> now that there's a city of light because <laughs> uh yeah I'm like there's no buildings on that earth though like, nope there's only that one tower of polis the polis tower everything else kind of got yeah. destroyed well that makes a lot of sense now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it was downtown Vancouver, probably. So, or Ottawa, someplace. Everything's filmed in Vancouver, Canada. It's a very versatile city. It's got versatility. That it does. All right. So, kind of getting into how we met, which was the Argo City Exchange. What's that been like for you? Because we're both in the ground floor of a new event, which is fun and exciting. And, you know, you're getting to meet all these new people. But how have you been enjoying it? Uh, I think it's fun. It's just like kind of what I do on that private server, interacting with other writers and uh, creators, which I always think is really fun. And collaborating is awesome too, throwing ideas around, just seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also interesting getting to know people, more people, because we're all kind of scattered. It's really cool to see what people are doing. Because I can't art to save my life, but <laughs> the little <laughs> the little things that uh, people post, like things that they're working on or um, previous works that they upload, it's it's interesting. Like somebody, um, I can't remember which user it was, um, but they did like a media thing, the video, the one and, with, yeah, I think that was Sapomia. Yes. Yeah, like that takes freaking hours. Yeah, she said it took like seven between seven and fifteen hours to make that video, yeah. and it's so good. It's very seamless. It is good. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a lot of time. And you know, when obviously you do a lot of ed- editing, sorry, uh-huh. um, so you know how long it takes when you're trying to like cut certain things out to make it seamless like that. Yeah. So that's just insane and I'm still learning so I'm still at the cusp of what I can do I'm still learning the my programs and everything and yeah it's not always amazing but got to keep trudging it's a work in progress like everything else exactly (laughs) yeah I mean even to find the like portions of episodes that you're going to take out I mean, you have to watch it over and over and over, just to make sure that you're getting like the right second of where it starts to, and then you have to figure out how to like mesh it with other things. So I don't know. Is it, I have great appreciation for that. Yes. Agreed. Patients like go stonks with those, with people that do uh, minips and things like that. Cause even like, Manip- like the manipulations that I've seen on Tumblr, oh my gosh, like that's just insane to me. To be able to to make that is wow. And to think you could have like up to a hundred photos in that one photo manipulation, just to get the photo and the shading that you want. I'm like whoa, that is dedication. Yeah, that is crazy because man, I mean, wow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It is. Gift makers. They make gift sets where it's like, it's so, it looks like it's just one scene, but it's like several different scenes, but they're actually going off of 
like reading their lips so that the words make sense if they're going to put in, you know, dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, did they really say that? I can't remember. And then you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's freaking crazy. Uh-huh. Talented, talented people. People put that out there and it's awesome. But no, it's been it's been a blast being part of the Argo ex- City Exchange. And I'm not on the server as much, but it's nice when they share their stuff like you were saying and they kind of you can also kind of ask for help and brainstorm a little bit or just just talk about things that you like that you help both that everyone has a shared commonality too cuz i mean supergirl is a very large fandom and it's also fun to see what people do with the these characters that you love oh yeah like i'm i'm very curious I know, I actually don't know if everybody that's going to be participating is on the Discord yet, because somebody new came, like, I think earlier today, and people are just still coming, so I'm like, I wonder how many people there actually are participating. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot of stuff to see, to read, to watch. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to be part of the Argo Exchange? Well, so obviously I got into Supercore really late. Mm -hmm. And I got into Supercore right when they started releasing the works for the Supercore Big Bang, Reverse Big Bang, uh, which I was pretty sad about because that's a huge event. That's been going on for a while now. Yeah, that is huge. Um, yeah, so I was, I was a little disappointed by that. But uh, I had been looking for something, and I don't know how I came across Argo City Exchange. Maybe somebody, I think, I know I've been following uh, Sexy Bread for a while. Uh, I love that name, by the way. Maybe... It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And actually, help button as well. I don't know who else. They, it was probably just somebody on Tumblr that I follow who posted the link for it. And I read it and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I was like super excited. And I found out, I don't know, like two weeks beforehand. And so I was just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally it just happened. So I was like, yes. Because I don't know, any, any reason to write is pretty exciting. And I think being or having something to look forward to is another form of inspiration. So it's just fun to be able to interact with other people and and see what other people are going to create. Yeah. It's also nice to be part of the first group who start, who were part of the first time, you know, it's like that whole limited edition moment. Yeah, it's true. And it, I mean, the people who are on there are pretty amazing writers and artists. Let's see. You've got, Aquavia is awesome. Uh, yes. Derby P. Is that how you say her name? I think so. Yeah. And Jen Jan. USA or Janusa? I always wondered about that. She's, she's a beautiful author. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talented people. So it's, it's nice. It's an honor to be amongst such talented people. And then your stories yourselves. I mean, I love your smut. The fact that you make science and smut was oddly hot. I was like, I don't know. 
I didn't realize this could be so hot. You're like learning a little bit about science. And then Lena's all, what's it called? Stern. And I can't think of the word, but yeah. And then Kara's all puppyish and subby. You're like, hmm, I like this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. I I don't really I've had this argument so many times with a lot of people, especially on Discord. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't see Kara as being a top with how much of a mess that she is. And so I write, I mean, pretty much well for now exclusively top Lena. She does but, have the top vibe. I mean, uh other authors who else doesn't think that Lena's a bottom? I think it was H.R. Winter. She's like, I don't know why Car seems more bottoming to her, too. I think they can be either myself. Yeah. I believe in that. But I guess you write what you want to see. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm in the midst of trying to write a subcat with Supergirl as a dom. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I always forget, uh, that was actually kind of like a big ship for a while, wasn't it? Or it still is, I think. Subcat? It, no. Well, I meant like car and cat or supergirl and cat. Is that what it's called? Subcat? Did you say sub? Well, yeah. Car, oh, okay, cat's okay, the okay. sub and then car is the dom. Mm. But I don't know what the ship is named. I have read some fics that have them together. But I've, I just recently found out there's like 12 works of subcat. Only 12? Well, Only yeah, 12. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I just want to write a story of Cat Grant being a sub for Supergirl. So it's going to happen. You write what there you, you want, go. right? There you have it. Yeah. You write what you want. <laughs> <laughs> write what you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the lovely thing about fan fiction. You can just, it's basically a sandbox. You do whatever you want. No worries. Okay, so when you think about welcoming inclusive spaces, what do they look like to you? Uh, well, much like when we joined Argo City Exchange, where everybody's just really nice and welcoming. Kind of like audio freak books. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I really like about um, the group of people that created that server is the fact that everybody's just nice (laughs) you know there's no there's not a lot of i mean we don't we don't have issues um Mm -hmm. we don't have animosity between people or anything like that and everybody's always you know encouraging other people and willing to help it's nice seeing things like that because you don't see a lot of that in real life in Mm -hmm. my opinion um so it's just it's awesome to be able to get to know people that are genuinely just kind and have really good intentions yeah that is nice we need more of that we definitely do (laughs) so what do you do for self-care um well right to be honest, write or work, busy myself, essentially. I don't yeah. really like to 
I'm not the type of person that gets bored. So mm-hmm. as long as I'm keeping myself busy, it's either that writing, reading when I can, um, mm-hmm. video games, which I haven't done in a while. I just need to jump on that. Um, oh, what kind of video games? Uh, I'm a console gamer, so I, I play a lot of RPGs. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven on oh. the Switch. Oh, so nice. I'm, it, yeah, I'm in between playing that. I can't even remember what I'm playing on PS4. What am I playing on PS4? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was playing Cyberpunk. 27 to 7 but now i don't know if they fixed all the bugs yet and i don't want to i don't want to brick my ps4 so (laughs) i've been holding out to play that i i started with a character already but um i didn't get very far because it crashed (laughs) is that because of the bugs yeah it's because of the bugs so it crashed and had like an error code and everything so i was like Okay, you know what? We're just gonna set this to the side because if it crashes and my PS4 doesn't come back, then I'm gonna be really sad. Yeah, it's an expensive piece of equipment. Yeah, so um, that, but usually, usually every year mm-hmm. I try, which I've been slacking off the last couple of years, but because of school. But usually I play Final Fantasy VII every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bioshock 1 and 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And Beyond Two Souls. Oh, I've never heard of any of these games. Oh, Bioshock I have. But I play a lot of lame games on the Switch. Just like Rayman. Easy games. I'm like, I don't want to work too hard for this stuff. <laughs> Animal Crossing. I played Animal Crossing for a little bit, but I felt like it was becoming an issue. Like, it got to the point where, dude, I was on that all, like, every day. I was like, okay, like, what's happening today? And you have to, like, stay on top of things because if you're gone for too long, I mean, God forbid, because then your flowers are everywhere. You have weeds all over the place. Like, shit's just out of control. And then you get roaches and, in your house. And you can't even catch them. Yeah. Like, they're... Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. To stay on top of that? Oh, my gosh. Like, okay. I don't even know. And when you do come back after being gone for so long, your villagers are all sorts of sassy towards you. Like, <laughs> I, like I cannot believe you left for 654 days. Like, <laughs> God <specific>. damn. Like, <laughs> you were... <laughs> Marking off the calendar, huh? <laughs> like, you know, and I'm just like, you know what? I I had my fun with it, mm-hmm. and uh, I reaped the benefits in the beginning, uh-huh. and then I just uh, decided I'm going to put it away and never look at it again. <laughs> and you have succeeded. I have, yes. And I moved on to Genshin Impact, which wasn't any better because that sucked me in for a while too. Yeah, it's amazing how you can get sucked into Animal Crossing and basically you do the same 20 tasks every day if you do all the tasks. You know, talk to your villagers, shake trees, hit rocks, 
Yeah. Dig for gold. Fish. <laughs> At some point you get them all, you know. So <laughs> unless they bring in new content, which supposedly they are, you you kind of do the same thing every day and then it's monotonous and you're like, why am I doing this again? Yeah, it's what I can equate it to is like Sims. It's just more DLC, more DLC, more DLC. And it's just never ending. Like mm -hmm. Sims 4 has been out for years and they're still making D DLC for it. Like <laughs> the game is so old. Well, when it gets a following, it gets a following. It's like a cult thing, right? Cause I... Yeah, dude, Sims 4 came out in 2014. What? <laughs> yeah, right? What is right? Like, <laughs> but people and, love it. Like, I mean, it's a little bit more of an expansive platform than Animal Crossing. And believe me, I love Animal Crossing. But I mean, Sims has a lot more expansion to it you know the at least what i remember of it i've played it once and it definitely has a lot to offer so well to be fair sims is also on a computer you know where it can handle that kind of dlc like mm -hmm. the switch is not going to be able to, <laughs> to to handle sims 4 dlc it's just mm -hmm. not like it doesn't the technology is not there for the switch mm-hmm um but yeah of, of course it's gonna be especially if you have like the latest and greatest tech yeah mm -hmm. you're gonna run the sims really well but most of the people that play sims play on a computer because of that reason because if you don't have a good computer running sims is essentially just error code after error code or just slow mm -hmm. like super slow <laughs> Yeah, it's a very large data heavy mm -hmm. program and you have to have the capacity for it, which might be the reason for its longevity. It's just so when you find a computer you can play it on and you can get everything out of it, it's probably just a great escape from real life, like Player One or something. Could you imagine if they ever made that? Did you see that movie? Um, no. <laughs> so imagine basically a giant Sims game or like a Fortnite game and you become your avatar and you wear these goggles and you interact and it's tactile and you're there's this um everyone goes into it to escape reality because reality is a shit and they're trying to gain these eggs in order to be able to win this grand prize that the guy who created it put and basically this one kid does and bob's your uncle I won't spoil it for you. But it's a fairly good movie. It's got a lot of real world applications like most science fiction does. Interesting. I, I'm, I remember seeing the ads for it, mm -hmm. but yeah, they weren't actually very detailed either. All I know is <laughs> it made me think of something and what? I think it's is it Spy Kids? Maybe. Where they go into that virtual reality world and he's like facing Elijah Wood. Or uh, I think I that might. Like, I don't know. I know Shark Girl and Lava Boy was kind of like that. But I think Spy oh, Kids I might that. have. But I don't remember. 
I don't know. It's been a long time. I think we watched that in theaters. God. It was a good show. I don't even remember it. I just remember them going into that like gaming world, virtual reality world, and doing something. I don't even remember what the show, the movie was about. <laughs> Tron. Tron is very similar to that. The first and second ones. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Um, I think basically it was the first of its kind when it first came out in the 80s. And um, it was a virtual reality world where this kid got sucked into a game called Tron and he had to do and he had to save the Tron verse or something like that. Hmm. And it was a lot of lights on black background and things like that. And it was considered ahead of its time technology wise and cutting into special effects oh always disney oh it's disney mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now it does right so well i mean they are a powerhouse they really are yeah <laughs> <laughs> said Something in disbelief <laughs> yeah go disney you know <laughs> they're everywhere they i mean they own the majority of the box office hits let's be real they own everything they're basically just a monopoly like yeah uh, i think amblin is part of them too yeah, I, it's it's not going to be like too many years before they just own everything because, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I saw someone on Tumblr posted just this infograph of all the things that Disney owns and it goes from like news outlets to like Spotify or Pandora. I don't even know which one it is. It's Spotify because they're linked with Hulu. But like Hulu, like you had Hulu, but you just had to make Disney Plus like too much, dude. It's just too much. All right, folks, that's it for today's show. Check out the free companion post to find links and the top fix for our guest, along with some other cool links you might find interesting. And don't forget to tune in next week Friday to hear the continuation of my conversation with Jess. For now, peace out, Rainbow Trouts. <laughs>